All right, we are live. Um, so I'm here tonight with Cam Roberts of Laser Line Painting. He's a fellow Canadian, and uh, we connected, I don't know, maybe a month ago, uh, yeah, something probably. like that on Facebook. Um, so he's, uh, he's been one of my, the loyal listeners of, uh, of the Blue Crocus experience, so I'm excited to have him on here and uh, get him to listen to himself once this uh, episode drops. That'll be, that'll be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is this is just you know a chance for us to get to know each other, and maybe you could tell us and and me really a bit about what you do. We haven't chatted a whole lot, um, so so yeah, maybe just tell us what you do, um, what you're about, and, and we can go from there. Sure, sounds good. So yeah, as the name suggests, laser line painting. So we do uh, predominantly asphalt painting, uh, mostly parking lots. Uh, We'll do a little bit of municipal work too. Um, we've actually put in for quite a few this year. Uh, we've got some booked and ready to go. Um, but yeah, we've, I've really kind of changed the direction, even though the company's fairly new, um, changed the direction of our, our market and branding a little bit just to be more like parking lot focused, like a solution for parking lots. So in addition to blind painting, which uh, we love doing, but we'll do other things too. We'll do asphalt repairs. We'll do uh, signage installation, bullards, things like that. We're set up with a pretty cool company to do like flexible signs and bollards. So, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of started like even. I'll I'll tell people flat out like if you have an issue in your parking lot, call call us. Yeah. So even if I can't do it like right now, just with the company being uh, fairly new, um, we'll we'll find a solution for them. That's really what we do: find solutions for people. That's a good attitude to have in business, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been in business? So I started uh, in 2018, and it was totally totally a side gig. Um, what, yeah. what were you doing at the time? So I was full-time at a glass shop where I used to live. So that was in oh, northern cool. BC. Yeah, Fort St. John. So, yeah, I was a glazer. Uh, I was doing some sales and service there. And, yeah, I started it on the side. So running around evenings and weekends dropping off flyers, painting parking lots, and, and it kind of, it took off pretty quick from there. What, uh, you know, glass is really cool. Um, I, I've always thought glass work was cool. Were you like blowing or um, just like a, an auto glass shop or window shop? Or So they were, um, I, I loved working there. It was a great place. They, they, they did it all. So they wouldn't manufacture glass, but any installations they would do. So um, uh, I still, I still have a, I love glass. No, no. Yeah, I know. I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was good. So I did mostly um, sales and service of automatic doors. That's kind of the more than the niche that I got into. Gotcha. So yeah, they'll, they they do it all though. It was a good place to be. So it was a, it was a pretty big company then if they were doing the big doors and stuff. Yeah, they had pretty good crew, probably 20 to 25 people and did lots of big, big jobs, uh, lots of commercial work, things like that. Gotcha. So were you just one day going through one of these sliding doors and saw your reflection or like, I can't do this anymore or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, I'm, I'm, Guilty of it even now. My wife hates it because I'll stare at automatic doors when we're driving and I'll still look at them. No, it wasn't that. It's just uh, like I've always had the itch to do my own do my own thing. Yep. And like, man, I was I had 586 ideas of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so line painting was just finally the one that I went and decided to do. Uh, figured it would have been the best the best one of the other 585. And so far, it's worked out good. Gotcha. So were you like, did you know someone doing it or were you just, were you just scrolling the internet and were like, Oh, looks like I could paint lines. No. So I'm, I'm probably the worst way to start. I actually had never, like I had never even touched line painting equipment. Um, 
the like I'll give you the the shorter version. So it basically started back in 2012. Um, so before I was even at the glass shop, I was doing maintenance at uh, the the main shopping mall where I was in Port St. John. Okay. And I learned while I was there. So I would have only been 21, 22. But I learned that uh, there was only one guy in town who did it. Okay. And um, so we hired him once for a job, and and it worked out fairly good. But I remember seeing the invoice and thinking, man, that's this would be a great town to start a line painting company. Like there's only one guy doing it. So that idea kind of marinated for, I guess, five, six years. And finally in 2018, just through, uh, I don't even, I don't even think I could pin it down to one thing in particular, but just decided that now was the time to, to, uh, to give it a go and started really small and kind of, yeah, took off from there. So what do you do if, you know, do you just go out and buy a, a machine? Because I know there's like those walk-behind machines that kind of carry a tank of paint. And I imagine they're not, you know, just a hundred dollars. Yeah, well, it, was a, it was a few, it was a couple more hundreds than that. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, when I, when I first had the idea, when I, when I, when, sorry, when I really started seriously thinking about it. Um, so I was at the glass shop. It was the beginning of 2018. I had a bad accident at the glass shop in February of 2018. Um, okay. If you listen to the podcast, you won't be able to uh, see it. Do you post these on YouTube? Yeah, the video goes on YouTube and then oh. the, the audio goes on everywhere else. There you go. So if you want to, I'll plug your YouTube channel if you want to see the what it looks like. So I, I nipped off part of my thumb on a table okay. saw. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't good. And yeah. then uh, these two fingers here, they were, well, I won't go into the details, but they were, they were hanging on for life. So anyways, yeah. they managed to, to get everything back sewn on. So I've kind of got like a goofy claw finger thing going on. I mean, it looks pretty functional. It it does the trick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not bad. Yeah. But yeah people are going to have to tune into the YouTube now. You have to. You got to see the fingers. Oh, man. You got to subscribe to see uh, see this crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to see the fingers. So anyways, when that happened, um, that's obviously a pretty, it was a pretty serious injury, even though I was, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but I was yeah. eager to get back to work. Um, so while I was off work for like the five, six weeks, it just got my brain thinking sitting at home, like, you know, should I make a change? Should I do something different? And, and that's, I basically just talked to my wife and, and I said, like, what do you think about this, this idea of me buying some equipment? And she's like super supportive. So that's awesome. she's like, she's like, you have 586 ideas. You need to finally pick one. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you actually have 586 ideas? I joke about it, but uh, I mean, if I wrote them all down, I bet you I could easily come up with 500. Like between me and my buddies, we would we would just sit around and figure out goofy yeah. business ideas. That's awesome. So um, yeah, I had the little bit of money saved, and yeah, just I started making calls to um, not suppliers, but I would, I would actually start calling other line painting companies in bigger cities. Okay. So I was in like kind of a small town, so like I said, there was only one other guy there. So I would call guys in Edmonton, Alberta, Calgary, Vancouver. Um, just to see if they had any used equipment. And, That's really smart. Yeah, just yeah. just to say like, here, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And I couldn't believe like how supportive like all these guys were. Like they didn't know me from, you know, a bag of rice, but they yeah. were good guys. Like one guy in Edmonton in particular was super helpful. But the long story short, yeah, I ended up going for brand new and got set up with a new piece of Graco equipment, and that's how it started. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really cool because I always like hearing. Um, I like hearing the story of, you know, kind of that moment. And, and I think, you know, chopping your fingers off in a table saw is a pretty, 
you know, you're you're off your job, you're sitting around obviously reevaluating your life. You're you're a father at that time, I assume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, you there's obviously a lot of pressure on your shoulders. And that's what I would be feeling anyway. Um, and so it kind of distills a lot of things in your mind and, and you know it seems to be that you just went for it which I love because you know a lot of people have ideas but they never go for them yeah totally it's not easy to do and like I would never advocate to somebody to chop your fingers off to do it I mean but if you come up with a good plan beforehand like I spent a lot of time even before I bought the equipment like a few months like making sure I had a, a solid plan in place even though like I wasn't quitting my job that was never the plan in 2019 but uh, you know I wanted to make sure I had a, a good a good foundation make sure i had all my my suppliers made like made sure everything was ready to go uh, yeah yeah it's, it's nerve-wracking at first like i started literally towing like a, a six foot long mini trailer with behind my minivan that's so i'd show up to these job sites in my dodge caravan just feeling like a total winner but you that's know what awesome. in year one it, it got the job done and yeah i've moved on a little bit bigger since then so that's awesome. So what, uh, you know, at what point, cause I, I love this because, you know, as my, myself, I'm a new business owner as well. Um, fairly recent. Um, but you know, what, what made you make the leap into full-time at what point were you like, okay, this is the, this is the time to go full-time. Cause everyone, you know, there's a lot of weekend warriors out there who are pushing, uh, but they're, they're scared, right? You, you know, you're the steady income is, is nice, especially as a father and a supporter of the family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you know exactly what that's like. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it was hard to know exactly when to do it, but, uh, my plan when I started in 2018, like, like it was just part-time on the side evenings and weekends, I worked my face off. It, like, it was too much, um, because I, I, you know, just started getting referred. And so by the time 2019 came around, you know, the snow doesn't melt up there till April. By the time I was getting to February, March, and I started getting all these, you know quote requests from bigger companies and bigger projects it just dawned on me like i, I don't want to work my face off again like i have two kids at home i'm busy with other things in life too so i i just decided that at the end of march um yeah that was just, it to just, to just go for it so i felt like I, it wasn't like a total leap of faith i mean in some ways it is um i made sure i had enough things booked and systems in place even before i left my day job like trying to sell more work in advance of leaving. So you hustled probably a little bit harder to kind of, you know, fill the calendars a, a bit. Was it like a month booked out or? Totally. So it's it, a lot trickier to book in advance with painting because it's some of them, a lot of times, a lot of commercial property managers, they won't even think about it till April or May. Okay. But um, I had enough where I felt, and, and I, I felt like even if I couldn't get enough paint work that I could find other, other things to do, like I'm usually pretty crafty at that. Yeah. So I was just, I was just going in open-minded, like, you know, if I, if I can't book out as much line painting as I wanted, I could still find something else to do. Um, and as it turned out, 2019, it worked out perfect. I mean, I didn't, you know, you're still here. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm podcasting now. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You're still wearing the hat. You haven't turned in the towel yet. No, no. So it was a pretty good year last year. Yeah. We're That's still awesome. pretty small, but yeah, it did, did good. So is it still just you um, doing the jobs or do you have anybody now? Somehow I've managed to keep it to just me and then hire the occasional sub as needed. Um, I have, like I've, Lewis, I really, the plan from day one was to take it really, really small or grow it small, I should say. And that was even, 
like it was even harder to grow it last year because at the end of the painting season in 2019, we actually moved um, the family, oh, wow. moved the business down um, 300 miles south. Oh, you're from Canada, 500 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 500 kilometers south to Prince George. Okay, so okay. I'm basically in a brand new market all over again. So it was almost like hitting the reset button in a way. Um, so that's, that's really interesting though, because, um, you know, obviously I work on the side of like helping people get jobs and stuff. That's, that's kind of where I come from, um, digitally, but there's, there's a lot to be said for, for going out and just, you know, putting in the sweat equity. So maybe, maybe you do a little bit of both. Can you talk to people about what you did both times really? Cause you were starting fresh both years, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So like, I still have some projects. I'll go back to Fort St. John and, and do those projects. I've already been back once and I'll be going back again. So I still get work there. It's not too far away. Um, the family comes with and yeah, we'll, we'll make a go of some, some projects up there at a, at a certain time. But um, yeah, it, like if I were strictly just bent on growing the business as fast as possible, I, I probably wouldn't have moved. That was kind of not the best thing to do business wise. But even even now, like I've, I've spent the last two months like really aggressively um, just putting my name out there, um, doing as much as I can on social media, um, dip my toes into different forms of advertising compared to what I was doing just up in Fort St. John. Like when I started, Lewis, it was like literally 2018, I would drive home on the way home from work and drop like a, a $20 Vista print made flyer off. And that's how I got work. Yeah. Um, I'm $20? Still what were they, they were charging you $20 for a flyer? Well, I, buy, I bought like a pack. I designed okay, okay. my own thing. <laughs> okay. print. Yeah, it wasn't that nice of a flyer. No. Yeah, I was like, uh, dude, like, that's going to get expensive. <laughs> no, I just hand them out. And like that sort of mentality, like I still have that. I, if, if I need to, I'll, I'll drive around and just drop them off. Like that, yeah. that's funny. What um, would you say, because um, I know like starting out, a lot of people don't have a lot of money um, they have more time than they have money because you know they're not they're not doing jobs so they have time to fill what would you how effective would you say the flyers were that's pretty much how i got most of the work in in 2018 like doing it part-time um awesome i i think you you probably agree like that's like when you start a business like there's no shame like you you, no. you gotta put yourself out there in absolutely any um, yeah, no, I like like I said, I come from more of a digital marketing standpoint, but I'm like I will be the first to tell someone like I I don't think I'm the best fit for you right now. I think you should try try something that's you know a little bit better suited to the size company that you are. Um, so I I love that, and I know that you know um, I've been working with some pressure washing guys recently, and they're they're driving out and putting flyers, just dropping flyers by mailboxes, and and he's gotten tons of work from it, right? Um, which is which is incredible and, and you just you spend an hour 20 20 40 dollars on flyers and you can get you can get a fair amount of jobs right oh 100 percent. and it's like look and it's low cost too right like as i found like as i grow i'm doing different forms of advertising things that might cost more money but yeah when you start like you say you got the time so yeah yeah because um, as you grow or, or get busier then you have less time so you kind of want to automate it a bit but um i absolutely. think there's something to be said for the hustle and, and just going and knocking doors. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like just one quick story from 2018. Like there was a hotel in Fort St. John that uh, I dr drove by one night and they were re they were just starting to repave. And so I like, let's go for it. The next day I went in there and I found the manager, even though, even though I knew like the hotel manager probably like it might even be out of her scope. Like she's probably, this project isn't being dealt with by her. 
but I dropped my little Vista print flyer off and I said, here's here, you know, here's what I do. Do you have somebody in charge of this? If I notice you're repaving and she's, she said, no, that's already looked after no problem. But, uh, two weeks later I get a call out of the blue. I was actually out of town and she said something changed, something fell through. When can you come? And that's like amazing. that, yeah, that, that job, like I spent five minutes just popping in there, but it, it got like a three to $4,000 job out of that. So yeah, I feel like if, as long as you've got that kind of mentality and just go for it, yeah. Yeah, you, you never know what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I guess that kind of leads into what would you say? I mean, we've talked about a, a lot of different things, but what would you say is one or two things that you would say to someone who's starting out, maybe doesn't have a ton of money, maybe they're working another job. Um, what, what's kind of the biggest takeaway that you have from starting your business? Yeah. Uh, I constantly feel like I'm not the best person to ask that. Like, just see, see, like I always counter people when they say that because you have you have your own set of experiences that no one's had, right? Um, yeah. And so, someone someone listening might be struggling with this, or might be like, oh, like that, that it rings a bell for them, or or it lights a fire in them, or something that they might have thought of but never really had the confirmation for. So, you know, if, if it worked for you and it, it's something that worked in your business, it might help someone, right? Yeah, fair enough. So, um. I would say, uh, if I were to pick, you said two. I got to come up. Well, with two. whatever, however many. Oh, you said two, so I'm going to come up with two. So now, uh, one, I would say, um, I would say, I, I like we just talked about it. But when, like, if you're starting from scratch, like some people aren't. As you probably know those. Like some some guys, they already have equipment or they have yep. systems in place. If, if if you're like me, anyways, and you didn't have that, and you're kind of just winging it. Like, don't don't be afraid to just totally put yourself out there. Um, do whatever, do whatever you need to do to, to, to get work and start some, getting some money in. But I'd say okay, the second one is probably even more important than that is, uh, um, trying to think how to word it, you know, actually on your Facebook group, somebody asked that question, yeah. you know, like what's the best piece of advice? I think you asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. And the conversation was amazing. Um, I, Maybe yeah, give a little good. plug if you're listening. You know, I have a group. <laughs> yeah, there was some good responses on there, and you know, one that popped in my brain, and and I saw it a lot, and I still see it a lot now, is um, you know, when you start a business, it, it it can be fun, like it can be something you enjoy doing, but to me, it's the same mentality as if you're trying to get in shape and you're trying to build muscle, like you need to go to the gym, right? You need to lift weights, but most of the work that you're going to do isn't in the gym like it's going to be at home it's going to be what you put in your body i think it's the same way with the business too so i guess the second second thing i'd say is just start if you're going to start your own thing and you're good at your craft so if you lay the best parking lot paint lines that's great um you're probably better than me but you need to just remember that you're doing this as a business so don't focus so much on the craft i mean that's important you need to be good at what you do but take the time, like read books, get involved in a, in a group, do anything just to educate yourself on the business side. Because I mean, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen it too. You're, you come from concrete, right? Like that's your background. Yeah. So I did concrete out of high school, um, as yeah. not as a, as a business owner, but you know, I, that was kind of the, as an employee. So I did a lot of the labor work. Totally. So I, I'm just going to wing it and take a guess and say that in your life, you've probably seen guys that are incredible 
at, at forms and concrete and all that stuff. But when it comes to a business, they're just kind of running around with their head cut off, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I see that a lot in, in a lot of trades here too, like guys that are really good at running a piece of equipment. But when it comes to organizing the business, having a sales process, having customer relationships, like that's a lot of work and it's a different beast than running a broom or a trowel or a skid steer. So yeah, just take the time and, and like, I didn't know this stuff when I started, but if, if you take the time and you, you find some resource, a mentor or a book, Lewis's Facebook group, anything, yeah, just exactly. anything, anything just to, to help you with the business. Yeah. What I love that. I love that because, um, one of the books that I, I've read is called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, and it's basically the entrepreneur myth and how it's been built up into this huge, like, oh, it's so cool to be an entrepreneur and, and all this stuff, right? Um, and it's an old book, actually. Uh, I think it was written in the 80s or something, maybe before that. But basically, he talks about, you know, there's people that are really good at their craft. And then there's people who are good at running businesses. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to be both. Or you've got to be good at running the business and find people that, that are good at the craft. or be good at your craft and find someone to do the business side for you. Right. Like some people aren't cut out to do both and that's fine. Um, you know, if you, if you hate the business side of it, maybe don't start your own business or start a partnership with someone that can run the business. Um, that's great advice. Yeah. You, you talked about, you know, mentorship and, and resources and books. Do you have, what, what route did you take with that? So I kind of a mixed bag, like even now, um, it's not one, any one thing in particular, but, Hopefully you can't hear my neighbors there. I'm, I'm totally doing this in my garage with my garage door open. Oh, it's fine. It's muted. Okay, right on. Yeah, I, I read a couple, couple books. Um, you know, one that comes to mind that just does off the top of my head was uh, a guy from Jeffrey Gittimer. I don't know if you, if you know him. He's no, a, I don't. He's a sales guy. He wrote like really one of the best selling sales books of all time. And it's not even it's not even as applicable to a tradesman, but uh, that book was really helpful. And then I, I found honestly, I'm not a big social media guy. Like I didn't even have Facebook really going until I started the business. So I was just kind of whatever with it. Yeah. But it, I I got linked up on a couple Facebook groups for small businesses, and uh, some of those some of those groups are just dynamite. Even if it's not from one of the the leaders in the group or a coach just having a community where you can get ideas from, from guys to see what works and what doesn't. Uh, I never thought I would ever say Facebook was good for my business, but it, there's some awesome communities on there. So if you can get hooked up with those, I think it'll help you out a lot. Yeah, for sure. And maybe I'll, I'll just add to that as well. Um, what was the Jeffrey, Jeffrey, what was his last name? Uh, Jeffrey Gittimer. Um, boy, I hope I'm saying it right. It's it, G I T O M E R. So his book is called The Little Red Book of Selling. He's written quite a few. Okay. This guy, he's um, yeah, he's a bit of a sales legend. Like he's his, and his books are very. I love direct. His books are yeah. very direct. Um, another guy that just popped in my brain that I, I think is excellent for contractors is uh, Tom Reber. So okay. yeah, he he runs a, a company called uh, the Contractor Fight. He's uh he's extremely abrupt and he might be a little much for some people, but. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, you know, sometimes as contractors and business owners, we need someone to kind of punch us from the, from the other side, right? And, and be like, okay, that maybe I should be doing things a little different. 100%, yeah. I love that. So I'm, I'm going to circle back around to the Facebook thing because, um, you know, even until 
even being a digital, you know, my world is, is digital marketing really at the core. Um, and, and so, you know, you'd think I'd be using Facebook to its fullest extent, but something that I didn't really look at was your Facebook profile is um, a funnel. Like, and if people aren't familiar with what a funnel is, it's basically somewhere where, you know, people start getting a sense of what you do and then, you know, your posts kind of prime them a little bit more. And then eventually they're like, Oh, Hey, like I need my parking lot painted. Right. Um, and so, you know, Facebook for business versus Facebook for pleasure. A lot of people just share memes and stuff, but I've really been making a point to turn my Facebook into something that, you know, adds value to people. Um, and, and like, that's probably why you didn't love Facebook before is because it was just a meme, meme dungeon, a cesspool of memes. Um, yeah, exactly. But for, for people who are, who have a business, you know, make sure people know when they hit, come across your um, profile. Uh, even if you have your profile private, you know, your cover photo could be some sort of branding of your business or your, at least say, you know, when you're about me, what you do, because, you know, every line in the water is, is another chance to catch a potential customer, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I love that you kind of touched on that. I thought of a third, can I add a third thing? You asked me the two things. Absolutely. This, this, might, this one might seem a little bit goofy when you're just starting, but I think if, if you can, I didn't implement this on day one. And if, if I could go back, I totally would have. When I started, I didn't even know what a CRM was or a customer relationship management. And um, it's basically like, don't listen to me. Go If you're thinking of starting a business or you have a business and you're not using a CRM, just, just Google it and, and get educated on it. But that, thir that third thing I'd say is have some sort of system right from day one where you can track all of your customers and your, and your relationships with them. And so that's something I, I completely changed this year. I went with a whole new setup. I used to do it off a spreadsheet and it was just painful. Yeah. So I, I splurged on some, some software this year to, to help me with that. And I can't like, it's a night and day difference how much simpler it is to keep track of all your customers you have done work with, or you want to do work with, or even customers that you, you know, rejected your quotes in the past, it allows you to track all of that. And so that you don't lose anybody. And like you say, if you, once you get people on the top of that funnel, you, you want to keep them in your funnel. You don't want to just forget about them. So it's already going off the rails. I just, I'm really passionate about my CRM. I love my CRM stuff. No, CRMs are life-changing. I love that you bring that up. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for them as well. Uh, I'm curious which one you use. Is it a particular one for more the style of work you're doing or? I got set up with, it's called Nutshell. So they're based in California. Um, okay. Pretty reasonably priced. I Like I'm basically paying 30 Canadian. So I think it's 21 American a month. And that's just for their, their starter one. And even now I feel like the starter, I should probably upgrade to a different one. Yeah. But it just, I look back on how I did it last year and I realized, wow, I wonder how many potential leads, like how many people reached out to me that I either forgot about or, or didn't communicate with enough or or could have reached out to and that that one crm um yeah i like i said i use nutshell but check it out and you'll just get a sense for what they can do for especially for in the contracting world um, yeah I, th I think it's huge yeah well and like you said like otherwise you're leaving money on the table right you're someone else is getting those jobs or you know one thing so yeah i love crms i, I absolutely love them i think they're if you're not using some form of crm then you're leaving money on the table and you're also clogging your brain up with use, useless information, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I, I, I don't know about other people's brains. There's no way I can rely on my brain to remember stuff. I mean, I tried it basically on spreadsheets and even that wasn't good enough. So yeah. 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 Like I used to, I used to kind of go, go home. Um, and, and like, I just would be, I would never fully be there because I was constantly like trying to, to, to go over things in my mind because I was like, Hey, I got to reach out to this person. And I'd make notes on my phone and I do this as they came up. But now everybody I interact with, they go into the CRM and basically, you know, for someone who's listening, that's not familiar, you can, you can put them in as soon as you have contact with them, you, you enter them as a contact and then you can basically all interactions can be tied to them. Um, a lot of them track your emails. I use HubSpot. It's free. Um, you can get paid versions, but it, it's free and it integrates with your Gmail or your G Suite um, email. And every email I send is tracked, so I can tell when people open them. Um, and you know, if they open it and don't reply, then maybe I'll send them, ping them again in a couple of days, and be like, "Hey, I was just thinking about you. Wondered if you had a chance to look at that." Um, but any call I have with them, um, you can store quotes in there as well. So you know exactly what you said you were going to charge them. And instead of being like, oh, should I ask them? Like, what did I say I was going to charge them, right? Um, and so it's just a place to keep everything in there. And, you know, if you're having a low time in your business, you can go back through and see everyone that you contacted before didn't take your job then, but um, might might take your services now. So, yeah, I, not, a, not a bad tangent at all. I love CRMs. I think, you know, if you're, if you're not doing that, then you're wasting money. Um, and even if you're paying for one, like, you know, one of the things about business is you've got to, there are bills that pay the bills. Um, you know, so your phone plan, your gas, you don't think twice about paying for either of those things. Right. But there are bills that, you know, if you didn't have a gas and a phone plan, you wouldn't be in business. Yeah. Um, and there, there are other things that are crucial um, to that. And I think a CRM, you know, free or paid is so, so important. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those. I mean, you, you the one you're using, I think, is a great suggestion. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, CRM. Just just go check out Hootsuite because yeah, I've seen the ads for them. I see that it's free. Um, yeah. That'd be a great way just to get started. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not attached to Nutshell, but that's a company that had a 14 day trial, so you can try it out that way too. But um, yeah, don't don't lose out on leads. Leads are precious, even if they don't turn in anything right away. Um, you know. And now is a great example, like, you know, in an economic slowdown, when people aren't spending as much in, especially in residential, I mean, a, people you've dealt with in the past, that's low hanging fruit. Like that, that's people that you should be absolutely reaching out to. And if they you already, have, yeah, you, it's customers you can go to. Yeah. They already know you, you've already established rapport with them most likely. Um, and so that, that whole side of the sales process is already done for you. So yeah, exactly. Um, and another thing you can do is you can set reminders too and be like, you know, I talked to, to Joe Smith last week, but he, he wasn't ready then, but he said, Oh, maybe, you know, get in touch with me in a couple of weeks or a month or a year. And so a year from now you can be like, Oh, I got to go talk to Joe Smith. Um, I've been working on a deal now for almost nine months. Um, and I think they're going to pull the trigger in about three months, but like being persistent is so important. I was talking to another contractor, um, that I'm, I'm releasing the podcast tomorrow, actually. I've gotten a little bit behind with everything else going on, but I was talking to him and he, he just closed a deal, a, a big contracting deal that he'd been working on for over a year and a half. Just contacting them, you know, touching in, yeah, figure, figuring out why they didn't want to go with them in, in the beginning, um, especially with bigger projects too. If there's a lot of money invested or going to be invested, people 
don't necessarily want to pull the trigger right now. They want to make sure it's exactly yeah. what they need. Exactly. Yeah. That's actually something that I fight with in my brain a lot. Like I, I am so bad for psyching myself out of stuff. Like um, Tom Reber, <laughs> he calls it head trash and it's, it's so true. So one of my head trash issues is I feel like I'm bugging people. But, you know, I was thinking about it uh, actually just yesterday. I was, as I was looking through my CRM and all these, and I do the same thing. I have literally every lead has a date with my next, it doesn't matter gotcha. if it's all email, whatever. I feel like I'm constantly bugging these people. Like, man, they must be so agitated. But you know what? Even in, in three years of business, like I've never had one person say, leave me alone. Yeah. And if they do, then, then you know not to keep wasting energy and time on them. And you can move on to people that might say yes, right? Exactly. Um, you know, obviously keep it reasonable to maybe talk about what your touch-ins are like. Are you just like, Hey, I was thinking of you wondering, you know, how things were going. Cause often I try and make it a personal thing, not, Hey, why haven't you bought my product yet? Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head. Like, and if that's one of the huge things in that book that I was talking about. And again, I'm not like super advocating um, that red sales book, but in that book by Jeffrey Gittimer, he, he, he hits it so, so well, like people don't, people buy based on not you aggressively selling a product. Like nobody, nobody really wants to see how great you are. Everyone thinks they're great. Right. But if you develop an actual relationship with somebody and, and think about what the value is going to be to them, then those sales would be, yeah, so much easier. So for me, it's um, because we're pretty seasonal, especially up in, in Canada with painting, like we only get six months to do it basically. Um, April and May are like the, the busy times where I'm, I'm more direct and, you know, trying to, if it's a new customer, I'll say, you know, here's my contact information. This is what we do. If it's an existing customer, um, it just depends on the relationship. Like, um, you know, sometimes I just sent one this morning to uh, a hotel that I've done work for before. The hotel industry right now is just getting totally hammered and, and nobody's spending money in hotels. I've had every single hotel job that I had booked cancel on me this year. So I just sent an email just to check in with them. Just And I just asked her, how are you doing? Yeah. And it was, it was it was a two-line email. Um, and I sent it because my CRM told me to send it. I, I had my date in there. And I just, yeah, like we're all human beings. Just Just ask them how they're doing. Yeah. and start the conversation that way not everything has to be are you going to buy from me this year or do you want this so yeah yeah one of my mentors um was saying basically you know people were like well what do i say to people when i'm reaching out to them and he was basically like well aren't you selling to humans like isn't that our target audience then relate to them on a human level and and just you know i know that one guy the guy who actually recommended hubspot to me he he has things in his reminders that you know, if he's chatting with them on the phone, you can glean kind of little information about their personal life. Um, and one of them was like, they had just had a son or they were expecting, I think. And so he, like a couple of weeks after the due date, he just was like, hey, like, has, you know, has, has your child arrived or son or daughter? Um, and struck up a conversation and ended up making a huge sale. But that wasn't his intention. It was just to touch in and, and it reminded them because they're, our, our potential customers are humans too. Yeah. And you're not a, you're not a sleazy guy for no. asking, how's your new baby? Like, no, like we, the, that's one of the things. And again, I go back to this book, the, the, the sales book by Gittimer is like, he said, people's favorite person in the world is themselves. And, and he didn't mean that like selfishly, like we're all, you know, narcissistic, but he just meant like, like we all feel empowered when somebody asks about us. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you can do that with customers. 
and you'll know when to do it if you have the systems in place yeah you'll it, it's going to naturally organically help your sales anyways you don't have to always be aggressive with it it's great advice exactly exactly i love that i love that you went down this little tangent that you were hoping you almost uh, didn't talk about I'm bad for tangents sorry no I, I love it that's that's uh that's why i usually say you know this is an easy, easy conversation um and you know i have, i have my perspective and so i i usually like latch on to different things that people chat about um and, and we've we've been talking about this for like 15 minutes now i love it there you go I love it. I'm pretty relaxed. I'm in my wife's like old nursing chair in the garage, so I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, just to to kind of wrap this up here, um, we we chatted a bit. There was something I was going to ask you, and it sparked my mind. Um, While you think about that, you said HubSpot. I said Hootsuite earlier, which is something totally different. You're I think so. HubSpot. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hootsuite is for uh, doing scheduled social media posts. If I'm not, if I'm that, not mistaken. I don't use that one, but I just saw an ad for it. It's amazing how ads stick in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I was just going to get you to wrap up with you know, as a new business owner, um, you've kind of talked about your struggles and your challenges, but what would you say is something you would do? differently if you're standing back in 2018 your fingers are dangling off <laughs> the nubs <laughs> what would you tell yourself then about how a process or, or a mindset or anything really that you would do differently to to make things easier yeah that, that's an awesome question um because yeah it's i'm sure every business business owner i'm sure you're the same like it, it's so easy to look back on day one and be like why did i do it that way yeah uh, like don't like don't if you're a new business owner don't kill yourself don't beat yourself up if you're not doing everything right right off the bat um that being said if i were to go back i did some things right but i definitely would have been more organized with the customers um so i got set up with a really really great bookkeeper right from the start that uh, i do most of the books myself even now like she i, I give some to her as time goes on more and more to her so i had that in place but just the organization with the customers and, and vendors, it, it just wasn't, wasn't there. Um, so for me personally, that's, that's what I would do. But I mean, I can't stress it enough. Like, don't listen to me. Like I, I'm, I'm just a guy in a garage, you know, here in Prince George. But if you, if you have a new business and like, just geek out, read a book, read five books, listen to a hundred podcasts. Some of the best information I've got. And this is why I was so psyched to come on your podcast. Lewis is, is from podcasts. Um, yeah. You can listen to them while you're driving. Listen to them while you're working. Just fill fill your mind and get involved with a community that's going to help you grow based on other people's experience and what's working for them. Um, so had I started to answer your question in a roundabout way, I probably should have been more involved with that from day one, like had better systems in place and, and read more books right from the start. Um, it was a little bit bumpy to start, but at the same time, um, wasn't the end of the world because I was still working at full time. But I probably could have saved myself headaches had I spent more time trying to get knowledge up before. I love that. I love that. I, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, imperfect action is better than inaction. Um, but at the same time, learn as much as you can from people. Don't, don't let your what ifs, you know, if you have an idea with the knowledge that you have, be like, okay, is this going to work? And then go for it. Don't second guess yourself because um, you started, right? And that's why you're here. But at the same time, you can also, like, I completely agree, surround yourself with people who have been there, done that. Um, one of my favorite things is, you know, success leaves clues. So if you can look at people who have 
in there, done that, worked through the issues and learned from them, then you're, you're on a really good track. I like that. Your success does lead clues and you can find them by getting in the right community. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you don't have, like, do you have anything else uh, you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's just if you're if you're thinking of starting or if you're brand new, there's always something better you can do. Just like I said, geek out, take the time. I'm I constantly like this is year three, but I'm still finding things that I can always do better. New systems, new processes, just things to make make the business better. Um, yeah, go for it. Don't take the time to do it right, and uh, things will happen when you have the right systems in place. I love that. I love that. I've I've really enjoyed this chance to kind of look at someone else's business because I learned stuff, right? Talking to people. Um, and I, I really appreciate you coming on cam and, and chatting with us. And it's nice to talk to someone else who's, uh, who's suffering from the U S Canadian dollar deficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try and buy most of the stuff from Canada for that reason. Yeah. 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 But uh, no, this has been awesome. And I, I think people will, will get some value out of it. And especially, you know, there are a lot of people who are starting out. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we can band together, um, you know, plug for my Facebook group. We talked about it earlier. Um, contractors tips and tips and strategy, I think is what it's called. Um, I'm in so many groups. I don't even remember the name of mine, um, <laughs> but yeah, go to my profile. It's there on my cover photo, but, uh, you know, surround yourself with people that are, that are aiming to, to get better and, and be better and serve their customers better. And you're going to be better as a result. Um, we're, we're a result of the, we're an average of the people we hang out like the five people or the 10 people or, or whatever. Right. So hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's bang on those. I love it. Well, I really appreciate you coming on cam. Uh, well, I know you had some stuff you wanted to chat me about with me before we uh, go, but we'll wrap this up and uh, say goodbye to the people. Thanks man. All right. Enjoy everybody. See ya. See ya.